What's crackalackin' everybody? Money Smart Guy, Matt Zapala here. Hailing to you from Dallas, Texas. And once again, we're back here for another weekly live episode here from Dallas. And uh, Seven Figure Squad podcast here with my man, Milton Alvarez. What's going on, bud? Happy Wednesday, brother. Cool. Uh, episode three, what's it, 30, 38 now? 38. Hey, episode we're getting there, man. Yeah. And by the way, we have a couple potential sponsorship opportunities. We're getting some buzz, baby. So, uh, by the way, guys, I've built my podcast, uh, we built this podcast, and I built my YouTube channel, zero sponsors, so it's complete organic conversation from me to you. Um, uh, sponsorships have a funny way of making sure that you say the right things sometimes on their behalf, and I just don't want to do that. But uh, we have an interesting show for you today. Uh, we have a bunch of topics here to cover. What the new $100,000 home looks like. Should you, speaking of homes, should you pay off your mortgage early? I'm be referencing a report uh, from 2006 that uh, I built my business on from the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago. Um, what the real face of living paycheck to paycheck looks like and uh, why this financial tool called bankruptcy, why Donald Trump uses this tool called bankruptcy. You got some things here on the fitness side of things? I do. I want to touch today. I want to touch on neuroplasticity and why entrepreneurs or any person who's trying to avoid a decline in their cognitive can definitely use some helpful tips to be able to tap into that and to create new connections in the brain. Cool. Um, I also want to tap into something that I want to dabble into your to your thought process about, and it comes down to how to how to get away from the cycle of unnecessary spending when you start making some extra cash. And one of the final things from, from what I see here from your notes, man, is also I want to be able to speak on a couple of things that men should get in order before they even jump into relationships. Because I saw some of your notes here on when it comes down to relationships and faith, and yeah. I think we can definitely connect with that. Also, we can't not talk about Deion Sanders. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about Deion, his glasses, uh, the most live streamed college game ever in the history of college uh, sports. And uh, what type of persona does he really have? Because we had a chance to interview him a couple years ago at our conference. So uh, with that being said, guys, let's take a look at this first video here of what the new 100,000, if you've been looking for an affordable home, what does it look like? It's based out here in San Antonio, Texas. What does a new $100,000 home look like? Let's take a look at this. That's $100,000, right? Are you telling me that these <laughs> things are $100,000? <laughs> what the look at the, wait, look, uh, can you go back by the way can you go back can you go because I, look, scroll back to the porta potty there's a picture of the porta potty there uh there's a these things are a hundred thousand dollars okay look at those trash cans okay right here party party's coming up stop <laughs> from the angle, man, no, it almost no, looks like keep, the porta potties the and the porta, houses are so aligned. The from that angle, the from porta potty looks just as big as a daggone house. Um, and I wonder if the bathrooms inside the house or is the porta potty an outhouse? I think people who do good with this are the ones who consider themselves uh, what are they called minimalists who, who live on bare minimum. But that looks really uncomfortable. By the way, for those of you watching this, man, would you want to buy a hundred thousand house like this? So a hundred thousand dollar house. On a 7% mortgage, that's a $700 a month mortgage payment, yeah. approximately. Yeah. Uh, just uh, principal and interest, not talking about tax. I don't know what the taxes are and stuff like that. But listen, there's one or two ways you want to get ahead in life. It's either A, you become a minimalist, mm -hmm. or you become a maximist. What is a maximist? You maximize your cash flow opportunity. So, um, I mean, bro, you're, 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 uh, you're a single guy. I mean, would you buy a condo in a, in a high-rise apartment, or would you rather buy a house like that for hundred grand? 
condo in a high-rise apartment. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a better look, especially when you're trying to network Assuming with Assuming that people. it's $100,000. Correct. Which I really doubt. Yeah, for Nowadays, sure. yeah, definitely not. For sure. That is, that is interesting. So, yeah, the guys and gals watching this, that is a new face of $100,000 income. So, um, speaking of that, why? Why are people struggling? I want to look at the new face. If re- people are really saying, you know what, I make 100000 a year. There's even some reports out there that people are making $200,000 a year with children married if they have a hard time making ends meet. Serious topic here. What does face, the face of paycheck to paycheck look like? Let's take a look at this clip. Watch this video and I'll be right back. But I'm finding myself in a position now where we're making more money than we've ever made and we are literally the brokest we've ever been. Brokest we've ever brokest been. Brokest, 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 brokest we've ever been. But I'm making the most money I ever had my entire life. My husband and I, between the two of us, gross, make like over $80,000 a year. And if you told me a few years ago that $80,000 a year was not going to be enough for a family of four. I make more than what I made back in 2015. But I am still literally living paycheck to paycheck. I have to work 60 hours a week and make $80,000 a year to make ends meet. That's insane. I just, I can't even begin to wrap my head around it. Financially, I just, I don't understand anymore. I don't understand how I make $34 an hour and I can't function. I can't function, I can't pay my bills. There's nothing in my life that I can look forward to long-term. Like I can find things that excite me or make me happy or that I'm thankful for in my day-to-day life, but there's nothing in the long run that feels worth it. I shouldn't be struggling. We make enough money that I shouldn't be struggling. Yeah. 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 So, um, is this with dealing with, uh, the topic? Or something else. That's for, that, that's for after this. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So, all right. So let's get back on topic here. So when we're looking when we're looking at this um, scenario of living paycheck to paycheck, for those of you watching this and watching the replay, what's income that you'd be loving love to be making on a yearly basis in your neighborhood, in your city, in your state? Because there's one of listen financial planning one hundred and one, financial coaching one hundred and one. If you are having a hard time making ends meet based on whatever income that you got going on. You got to cut down those expenses. Now, here's a challenge where people say, well, uh, what more do I got to cut down? Well, maybe you got to cut down your, your rent or downsize your house. So if your income is here and you're dependent on a job and that's your only source of income, this is it. So this here, one of two things have to move. Either expenses go down or you've got to make more money. Simple. So A, Whatever time you got going on, and people, man, I got no time for anything else. Are you sure? Because I do coaching on, on, on entrepreneurs all the time. And guess what I found out? There's a lot of waste in people's week. It's 168 hours a week. And most people work 40, 50 hours. Entrepreneurs maybe work 60, 70 hours a week. But yet still, there's still a lot of waste in a lot of people's schedule to find ways to maximize their income. Because either you settle, you settle for your current scenario and circumstances, because even if you fight for a promotion or promotions, and and and, and this year coming to next year, have, might t- potentially have a pay raise. Mm-hmm. But if that's not sufficient to keep up the cost of living, you got to really significantly cost uh, cut your costs of living. What's, what's your thoughts? 
So piggyback, piggyback, piggybacking off of exactly what you're saying, and that's one of the topics that I actually wanted to bring forth today, and that's ending the unnecessary spending. I know for myself, when I first started uh, making a little bit some extra, some extra cash, and I felt really comfortable with my with my income, I noticed that my mindset was not in the place that it should be to be able to generate more money and be able to save the money so I can invest it and do more with it. I had more money, so I spent more money, and my level of income was growing, but my level of expenses were also growing and my bank was consistently in, in the bare minimum. And yeah. I was, and it felt like what the hell was going on, yeah. making more money, but I still have no money in the bank. So now, you know, um, I was able to identify in three things that people can definitely do on when it comes out to like maybe three steps or three things that they can go with with their, with their headspace. And you can definitely, you know, I want to ask you this because you're, this is something that you've been doing for years. And it's for, for the people who need some basic things um, before making a purchase, embrace the 24 hour rule. That's something that I started doing that's really, really helped me a lot in these last maybe two years where if I am going to do a non-essential purchase, yeah. something very impulsive that yeah. I'm craving, I like, that's I want to buy. That's what we're just looking for, impulsive. Yeah, impulsive, exactly. So take 24 hours before you buy it, whether it's on, on Amazon or in person, take 24 hours to make the decision. After 24 hours, if you, if you understand that you don't need it, you don't, it doesn't really do anything for you, then it probably wasn't something that you definitely need. By the way, impulsive is defined as an act of doing something without forethought. Correct. So if you're buying something without thinking about it, yes. it's probably a bad idea. Correct. So, and the next one is being able to identify and cut unnecessary expenses, like Matt was saying, being able to distinguish between wants and needs and being able to be honest with yourself. A lot of times as guys, especially the younger guys, late teens, early 20s, even mid 20s, and sometimes even early 30s, when you're a bachelor and you're making decent money or okay money or not even making enough money, but yet you're still trying to find validation in outside sources, especially women, you tend to spend more, do more. When you yeah. go to clubs, you go to bars, you buy bottles, you do things you don't need, you buy designer clothing when you don't need designer clothing. Your ego clothing. gets checked. Exactly, consistently. So being able to identify what's neat, what are needs and what are wants. And the last thing that I want to be able to uh, tap into uh, Matt's brain, uh, headspace is mindset shift. That was, that's one of the biggest things that I struggled with for years because I came from a place of scarcity, especially when it comes down to the way my parents lived their lives and the way they uh, utilized their finances because everything that we did was based off of survival and not trying to improve, invest, and grow. So I one of the things that I that I ran with these last couple of years is being able to define a financial goal for myself and knowing where I wanted to be in the next five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. So short-term and long-term, but coming from the money smart guy, yeah. when it comes down to your headspace and money and you know, yeah. cutting unnecessary spending, what do you think are some steps people can take you know, that would be easy for them? You know, you gotta you got figure out what's, what are the necessities? What are the necessities that move my and advance my life forward? And so when you are spending a dollar, I like being able to have the mindset when I spend a dollar, I wanna do three or four things. I want it to be able to grow money. I like to be able to be tax deductible. I like for it to be able to be able to be used for a now purpose. Those are three things I'm looking at. How can I leverage this dollar to advance me forward? So, for example, if you uh, if if uh, if you're an entrepreneur, for example, we're coaching a guy yesterday. Hmm. So, Matt, you told me, man, if I hire an assistant, I'll make more money. Uh, no, bro, you you did make more money. You just chose not to work. You know what I mean? So the, the 20, 30, 40 hours that you got back from hiring that assistant, instead of you actually growing your business, you went back and you just decided to sleep in all day. Mm. At least you hopefully spent it with your family, your children. Correct. But most entrepreneurs, they get lazy with their business sometimes. And so you, you have an opportunity to go from 50,000 a year to 100,000 a year, 100,000 a year to 250, 250 to $500,000, 500,000 to $1 million. And it involves scale, which is systems, processes, and staff. So I often coach entrepreneurs saying, listen, if you're growing a business, the last thing you want to do right now is live off your business. Think about this. Uh, it's what, uh, when was Uber created? 09, during the recession? Okay, it's 2023. It's 14 years later. Do you realize the second quarter of this year, finally Uber became profitable? 
they went public, mm -hmm. they took investors' money, they reinvested back into the business. Only second quarter of 2023 did Uber become profitable after 14 years of being in business. Why? Because they kept reinvesting back into the business, reinvest back into the business, reinvest, reinvest back into the business. So if you're looking to do something big and special in your life, in this case, just not living paycheck to paycheck, forget the mansions, forget the cars. And by the way, there's another poll. Ask this question to, to everybody that's on here. What's your average car payment? And how many cars do you have a car payment on? Unless you're an entrepreneur, check this out. The reason why we advocate entrepreneurship and capitalism so much on the show is because between the two of us, and the CEO that uh, and, and, and partner that I have in, in, in Patrick met David, and the, all the entrepreneurs we interview on the show, they've made their money being business owners. Why? If you want tax deductions in your life, be an employee right here. This is how many tax deductions you have. A eh, little bit. But if you're an entrepreneur, guess how many tax codes are available to you? Bam. So if you have a car, you have a house, you have a cell phone, you have Wi-Fi at the house, you like eating food, but if you do this in a context of business, guess what happens? Remember these expenses I just talked about earlier? Now you can deduct them off your taxes. And now you have a little bit more disposable income that you can save and tuck away and hire more people to grow and scale your income. Because you're an outsource. You're already delegate. Yeah. You buy back more of your time. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's take a look. Let's take a look. By the way, these, these were some serious faces, man. Those yeah. are some scary looking faces of people just living page. They look like they have no hope. But I want you guys to know, that's also a feeling too as well. People are complaining. The same time it took for you to record that video, you could be also researching and how to make more money instead of being yeah. depressed about your situation. Sometimes when you're in a funk, think about what you can do. Don't think about what you can't do. Um, speaking of being in the funk, um, let's, take, let's take a look at, um, let's look at this next one here. Um, speaking of money, uh, you know what? I'm, in terms of paying off the mortgage early, I'm going to actually defer that topic to a later time. I think I'm going to do one by itself. I'm going to do an episode by itself and paying off your mortgage. So I'm going to skip that topic for right now. But, but you make sure you stay tuned here to the Seven Fear Squad podcast. Um, bankruptcy. People think that bankruptcy is a bad thing. From a personal standpoint, it is. But uh, Donald Trump took a lot of fire in his presidency because he uses bankruptcy a lot. He's filed bankruptcy a lot. So let's take a look at what he says and how he explains and how he impacts why Donald Trump files bankruptcy. Let's take a look at this. Do play the bankruptcy laws, not individually, but corporately. And other people do too. When I play, I buy a building. The building is in turmoil. It's got a big mortgage. The bank is being vicious and ruthless. I buy the building. I call up the bank. They're not nice. So I throw it into a chapter. I beat the hell out of them. And then I get huge reductions. And then I make a lot of money in the building. But when I buy the building, they say, Trump files for bankruptcy. I didn't file for bankruptcy. I use it as a tool. So it's a tool. It's a legal tool. It's a financial tool using it corporately, not individually. So oftentimes, especially during times right now, people are saying, should I pay off my mortgage? Should I pay off my debt? Well, the thing is, if the more debt you have, the less leverage the bank has because they need you to pay this debt, whether this case being a mortgage. So if you don't have the circumstances to pay off your mortgage, guess what you do? So listen, here's the keys. We'll file bankruptcy. You deal with this asset. Or you can have me still in the mix, find out how to wait to make this profitable again, but give me different ways to pay off this mortgage maintain the asset, get it to cash flow, and so banks are more willing to work with, together with you because the last thing a bank wants to do, they, their, their job is lending money, not managing a real estate portfolio. So when you're looking at how to win the money game uh, from a corporate standpoint, understand that this is also a strategy. So it's not whether or not Donald Trump, and by the way, this, I'm not advocating for Donald Trump to become a president, that's not what this is about, but there's laws out there that allows you to smartly use, being money smart, 
using things out there to leverage laws, financial as a tool for you. So if you're out there house hunting and you're finding people in foreclosure or you're looking to buy a commercial building, this might be an opportunity for you to acquire something maybe for pennies on the dollar, 50, 60 cents on a dollar and use a bankruptcy loss to your favor because whoever is managing it right now, who owns it right now, most likely they want out or they've given up on whatever their situation is. Opportunity for you to look at a deal of the week or deal of the century every week. So um, what's your thoughts on bankruptcy? I came close to it one time and it was a very, very, very individually, though, individually, right? individually. Yeah. but yeah. here's the thing. I, I, I didn't know the difference between chapter seven, chapter 13 and chapter 11. From my understanding, chapter 11 is more for businesses. Yeah. Right. And yeah, then exactly. chapter seven and chapter 13 is more for, That's what for, the media for, leaves for individuals. Out. That's what the media leaves out. Yeah. It's a corporate bankruptcy, not individual. Bankruptcy. So would you say for now, for now, would you say that bankruptcy overall is still some, it's not something that could benefit the individual as a whole. That's actually, that's going to affect it. Cause I thought bankruptcy, it yes. hurt me for a while. Yeah. So it's it's not it's not a good thing to do individually, but from a business standpoint, because what do you what are they suing? They're, yeah. they're you're in bankruptcy court or the entity which is your corporation. Yeah. So now if you're in a position, and again, I I don't I don't push anyone to file bankruptcy as an individual, but now if you had to make a decision and you had no no way out, even though there are multiple ways out, yeah. would you would you suggest that to someone who is literally against the wall and can't breathe when it comes down to their finances? Is bankruptcy something that you it, think is something that yeah. should be considered. Yeah, so we, we work with a firm called Mediator Debt Solutions and, and uh, Armin Tatians is over there helping us out because we actually don't want our clients to file bankruptcy. Take a hit on the credit for a minute. Mm-hmm. So use some debt consolidation, debt settlement type strategies, not bankruptcy because bankruptcy is a whole legal process. It's gonna be on your credit for a minute, at least uh, if you're behind in payments and there's ways to consolidate or settle your debt. It's a faster, that's a faster, more immediate way to get this load off your shoulders. So therefore you can move on to better life. And you got to wait months though for your credit score to pop back up. But at least it's not a bankruptcy that's gonna hang on your credit report for years. So those those are options. So that consolidation, that settlement, and last but not least, then it would be bankruptcy. That would be the priority, I would say. And I think a lot of people fall into this category of considering it, because I know a lot of people right now, currently during this, during this time, are surviving off of credit cards. And unfortunately, right now, these, during these last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of talk that there's a lot of, uh, there's rising credit card fees with, with every transaction that you that, that you yeah. have, yeah. and it's going to affect small businesses, and it's going to affect the consumers. So yeah. small businesses, from my understanding, if since the fees are, are, are rising, small businesses are going to have to increase operation costs and it's going to reduce profit margins for them. So obviously they have to charge more so they can make more so they can break even. Yeah. And it's going to affect the consumer because they're gonna have to pay higher prices, gonna limit, it's gonna limit their payment options and it's also going to impact the rewards and benefits. So I, because they're living off of their credit cards, and now they're starting to max them out and now there's fees being on top. Cause that's something that happened to me uh, uh, maybe like two years ago where I had absolutely zero debt on my credit cards and I wasn't paying attention to them whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But then maybe like three months, four months later, I get a notice saying, hey, you're behind your credit card payment uh, X amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, uh, you're going, you, what is it? It's not collections. Yeah. What is it, delinquency? Is that, is that what it's called? Yeah, uh, 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 um, yeah delinquency or you're in default. Yeah, yeah, because I was getting charged fees that I wasn't aware of a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So I was getting charged like 20 bucks a month just to be able to have the credit card. Even though I wasn't using it, yeah. I was getting charged 20 bucks a month. Yeah. So now those fees are starting to, to go up. Yeah. And now if you're maxing out on your credit cards, that's, all, that's still going to impact you. And now that's why people, if I can't pay off my credit cards, if I can't pay off my mortgage, and now they, have, they feel like they have to find a solution, yeah. people tend to run to bankruptcy. That's why I'm leery to uh, Milton because it's so it's so easy for a lot of people to say, hey, listen, apply for my course, I'll give you $10,000 of business credit at 0% interest. Mm. So guys, people hear, all they hear is 10,000. 
They don't hear business credit. So be careful when somebody asks you, hey, let me, let me give you, apply for my course, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 bucks, and get my business credit. Now that's legit. But don't look at a $10,000 as something you can access based on approval, based on your credit, that you don't have to pay back. So if you're using $10,000 for a credit card, you're maxing out that credit card, whether you invest in a business, invest in real estate, whatever it is that you're doing, you got to understand, you got to pay that stuff back. Yeah. And if you don't pay it back, and even if it's 0% interest for right now, guess what happens at the end of 12 months or 24 months, whenever that 0% interest rate expires, you get whacked in a lot of interest on what you didn't pay because you didn't pay it off in that term of 0% interest. So that's how they get to bait you. And so you just have to understand there's a lot of forces around you that's going to circle you to get you to not aspire financially. Um, for example, when, when you look at policies, that's why voting so, is so important. Like, for example, people look at the, uh, the presidential election, whatever election got going locally. The first topic, the first platform I want to know where that candidate is, is for me, it's economic platform. What is your economic agenda? What is your economic agenda to make sure a guy like me can make sure I stand for my family, protect my family, and more importantly, provide for my family? Because as a man, I feel great knowing I can provide and protect my family. So when I'm put in a position of compromise, then I can provide and protect for my family. And look at this, uh, if you look, wouldn't mind, Jordan, look at this picture on my screen of what Detroit looked like just in, what, 10 years? Whoa. When policies of wow. lawmakers and businesses pull out of a location and they remove jobs from that location, look what happens. This is evidence of bad policies and obviously bad neighborhood management. And pe when people, and, and at the same time too, you go from an ownership mentality to a renter's mentality. What do you want to take care of? Your own house or somebody else's house? Yeah. You want to take care of your own house, right? Correct. So this is, this is evidence of two things. Bad policies enforced because the businesses leave and, and, and the, the neighborhood changes. And number two, lack of financial management of people that live there or lived there. Maybe they had to downsize. Maybe they had to go. So when I'm looking at our former state, our former city, Chicago, Guess how many people are deciding to leave? The financial firms. The, 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 the Wall Street of Chicago is thinking about leaving Chicago. That's like, peace out, dude. Where are they going? They're following Ken Griffin. Ken Griffin was a, the, the richest man in Chicago. Ken Griffin left for Miami. He's taken Citadel, uh, 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 his, his, his financial firm, to Miami. It's, it's, it's a 2,000 jobs that's leaving Chicago. And why are they leaving Chicago based on bad policies? Why? They don't feel safe in Chicago. Grocery stores, grocery stores are leaving Chicago because people are going in and stealing stuff. And guess what's happening? People are leaving the neighborhood. And guess what Mayor Johnson out there is doing? Well, maybe we need to have government-run and government-owned grocery stores. What? Girl, so great. So let's say you have a government-run grocery store. Would you like to go to a grocery store with the same efficiency as a DMV? Mm -hmm. With the same bedside manner as a... Is a is a uh, I don't know what's another government organization like I think about the VA and why I don't go to VA as a veteran because I'm waiting for months for an appointment weeks for answers Social Security office Social Security yeah. office disability office yeah. no way that's the way you want to go to the grocery store that no, just thank you. that just yells out control to me if if, if, the government, if the government's trying to take over the smallest things Bro, that, that we too. consumers utilize on a consistent basis weekly basis monthly basis that's just yells control absolutely but, but why control. Right, so I'm asking you, being in the financial industry, that you're in the industry that you, you've been in, you've been in the military, you're on the people that you're around. Why would you, th why, why, why would you think that the government is trying to control the masses or trying to take control of the things that consumers are consistently that's involved one, in? Bro, that's a one world order, right? Because listen, guys, I want to let you know, you don't depend on the government. I don't depend on the government. 
the people I know in business and associate with, we don't want anything from the government. I'll, I'll, all we need from the government is shields. Because when the bully shows up, because they do, we want to make sure that it's what's fair is fair. Listen, we want shields showing up. And that's what, when, when a country gets big, we will, there's going to be a bully. Yeah. It's going to steal from you, take from you, devour from you. And that's, that's, where you, that's where you need a cop. And that cop is the government. But outside of that, government, stay out of my way. And if you're good enough to have your own cop, you have your own uh, security force, hire your own security force. But if you don't have your own, by the way, the other flip side of that too as well. What do, what do we really want from government? We want to be feel protected and protected, safe. Protected, main thing. Okay. If we need to call 911 when we have a reliable ambulance yeah. in, a, in a hospital, <laughs> is ambulance or ambulance? <laughs> we want decent roads. We don't know they go in potholes. These, these type of things. But outside of that, government stand my way. And when you kill creators and business owners, guess what you, guess what you also kill? Revenue, job creators, taxes that can go on in, in that city, in a community that can, that can be reinvested into other businesses. So therefore, more people aren't dependent upon uh, on government. So that, you know, to us, entrepreneurship is going to save the world. It is saving the world. It saved our world. And maybe it can save yours. You got some topics you're, uh, that you'd like to bring up? Yeah, 1,000%. Um, so I want, well, actually, you know what? Let's start with something a little bit lighter and then move into something a little bit more in depth. Because uh, I think that was a lot to, to digest for a lot of people mentally and for a lot. It's lighting up. For, Whatever. For, 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 for yeah. the conspiracy theorists that are watching this. Sure. Hey, Jordan, is there any way you can pull up um, that 1990 video that I posted? 1990. Does it? So. Yeah. Come on. Oh, man. This is this, me in high school. This is me in high school. Yeah, <laughs> it's my time. Come on. This is my high school times right here. Yeah. I'm surprised they had a phone. I didn't have a phone. Okay, that's yeah, exactly that, what you recorded. That's what, they had. that's what you recorded people on. So the reason I, 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 put, I posted this video, we all, we all start somewhere when it comes down to business, careers, entrepreneurship, find any purpose in life, a greater purpose in life. And I decided, why not go with something that Matt can relate to, which is a 1990 high Thank school you, video. Thank you, I appreciate that. Right, you can relate to. So now, for the people watching this, I know you have a lot, of, you have a young crowd that's also following you. Mm -hmm. Um, for the people who don't understand which direction they're headed after high school, because unfortunately, that was me. After high school, I had no idea where I was headed. I, yeah. I was going to, I went, to, I did go to college for like maybe a semester, yeah. but I was still very clueless on which direction yeah. I wanted to go. Yeah. But for a person in your shoes right now, if you were to go back to the age of 18, between the ages of 18 and 24, and you had to give yourself, your younger self advice, you know, what would that advice be for the younger people? You know, when it comes out not to losing your sight, your vision, being able to have grace for yourself, you know, you know, telling yourself not to stop, keep growing, never stop learning, because if you stop learning, you'll stop growing. What advice would you give that, dem that demographic and age group? Yeah, number one, if you can get past the older people trying to tell you what to do, because sometimes, you know, older people, they don't know how to sell it. Yeah. They want to give you guidance, they want to give you advice, they want, because they love you, they, yeah. they, they're trying to look out for you. But yeah. sometimes the older folks, they just don't know how to sell what you not ought to do in your life, right? Yeah. And so, anytime someone tried to give me advice, I'm always like this guard, like, what you trying to do? Like, I'm gonna be me, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I wanna know, Yeah. right? And so if you can look past the possible judgmental viewpoints of how people are going to judge you by your life, be a great asker -er. Is that a quote? Is that asker -er. a Be a great asker -er. In Chicago it is, it makes sense. That's right, be a great asker -er of questions. John Maxwell wrote a book out there called Good Leaders Ask Great Questions. Mm. If you can ask more questions, find out how people made their money. Find out what, they, things like this. What would you do differently if you're 18 to 24 years old? Because a lot of people in their 30s and 40s and 50s, believe you me, there's a lot of regret in their life no, I'm, I'm about to turn 50 years old. Around 50 years old is when most men face midlife crisis. What the hell is a midlife crisis? There's a lot of 
regrets and things they should have done early in their life that at the midlife, they have a crisis and they try to relive like they were 20s and 30s and 40s all over again. Mm. I'm not having a midlife crisis. I love the life that God has given me because I'm constantly seeking wisdom from other people older than me. So if you can get past the judgmental advice that people try to give you and, and flip it on them and ask questions about life guidance and financial guidance, do that. Can we uh, pull up that link that I sent you to your email? Yeah, sure. And can you let us know how old, uh, how old you were there and how successful that business was or that endeavor that you were pursuing <laughs> was during that time? Because uh, that's definitely a different mat. Okay, cool. Let's, let's, let's uh, look at my screen. How'd you dig this up? I, I don't even have this. This is like 1, 2 a.m. in the morning. I was searching. I don't even have this, bro. I was bro. looking for an old yearbook picture of you, but I couldn't find it. So I came up with this. Bro. How, so keep scrolling. Go, go to the next slide. How old were you when you bro, started this endeavor? This was 07. This is uh, 07. This is, I remember this year because I spent $20,000 for marketing consultant to develop this for me. I, know, I remember that check. It's most, most money I've ever stroked to have wow. somebody help me in my business. It's 20 grand back in 07. During this time versus where you're at right now, mindset-wise, during this time, did you consider yourself to be a successful person or no. were you struggling with what you were doing? I was, still, I, was still, I was still trying. I was finding a way in 07 to still separate myself from the pack. And the way I decided to separate myself in the pack was personally branding. So in that moment when you were still trying to figure out your, the way on, you know, through, through, through your course of your life and your journey, right? What kept you like, because I know that there's a lot of entrepreneurs who are either watching this live or going to watch this when, when, when they play this video later on. What kept you locked in to the specific vision that you had for yourself? Because obviously if you try something, if you spend, if I'm spending 20, if I spend $20,000 on someone to help me grow something or do something for me, and if I'm still trying to figure out what, what my identity is or which direction I'm, I'm taking, it's going to be a struggle for me to figure out, or, or have the encouragement or the momentum to keep going, moving forward. So for you being the man that you're, that you are today, what kept you locked in that even though you probably didn't make the sales that you wanted. You got consistently rejected. You got the no's. Uh, yeah. People didn't show up to the meetings. What kept you locked in? This right here, this picture right here. Why? Because the younger generation behind me was still getting denied opportunities. So I just felt there was a consistent injustice when it came to financial opportunity. Not because of lack of uh, capacity for people to go out there. It's just a lack of awareness of where they're at. Mm. Like we, we, I need to find what access because back then guys, 07, there was no, there was no uh, YouTube. There was no there was no podcast. Who was yeah. doing that? Maybe yeah. Joe Rogan, maybe. Yeah. And he, I think he started uh, 09. Yeah. And so look at this. Remember my advice on seeking advice from older people. This is it right here. Look look at the people I was surrounding myself with even back then. I, I know you can't see it, but I started talking to these are names of experts that I was asking questions from: CPAs, lawyers, certified financial advisors, wow. uh, certified financial analysts. Excuse me. Right. These, these I know you can't see it on the screen, but. These are lists of names of people I interviewed on my show called Money Smart Radio, right? Yeah. Which is, by the way, MoneySmartRadio.com was an asset I built using the radio show, and I sold it for I sold it for twelve thousand dollars. So this website, if you go to MoneySmartRadio.com, uh, I sold it for twelve grand along with the content that's on there because they want to use that for advertising down the road. I don't know what they did for it since then, but the first I sold this thing. Yeah, that's why I haven't used it. I, wow. I sold it for twelve grand. And here it is. Here it is. You, you dug up a success, uh, a, a, a good chess move that paid out in dividends. This is that. That's then, folks. Yeah. And this is now. <laughs> exactly. Then and now. Yeah, exactly. Don't discount the journey. Don't discount the gap from where you start to where you're going to end up, and so on and so forth. That's what a lot of people do, man. They discount the journey. They they forget that there's there's going to be a long path from yeah. where they're going. People, a lot of people are comparing their first one, two, three steps to your maybe. 90th step or yeah. 100th step, yeah. not knowing that you literally went through a struggle emotionally, mentally, spiritually, financially, to yeah. get to where you're at today. 
you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm laughing at this because I'm behind this radio station, and the investment of us to do podcasts uh, here in Dallas is cheaper than for me going on radio in Chicago for the month. Wow. And look at us on radio. This is us in 0708. I'm talking about safe money, risk money. I remember this topic because I remember them doing the photo shoot. We were talking, talking about risk money, safe money, and that's Jen Jeff Coat right, me to the right. We went to church together. And um, that, was a, that was a crazy church because a man cow went to that church too as well. City Church, Chicago. Show him some love. Uh, Pastor Kent Muncy out there in, in Chicago, Halstead and Green Street. Okay. So, you know, and that, that's part of the journey of me. By the way, you, you, you see me here. I was still financially struggling here. I was still, I was still on the come up. Everybody in 07, 08, this is the beginning of the Great Recession. Everybody's telling me to jump ship and go into real estate and go into mortgages. And what happened that year? Mortgage meltdown. Mm. Mortgage crisis. Homes are flipped up to the side. And what happened to my insurance business after the shooting of this? Boom. Exploded. Because I stuck to my guns, man. Crazy. So for those of you who, who, who know Matt personally or who've been following Matt's videos or just been following Matt for these last couple of years, as you can tell, this man has not aged a bit when it comes down <laughs> to the way he speaks, to the way he acts, to some of his um, uh, dark humor. Yes, and yes. also to his looks. It, it seems he's turning 50 years uh, 50 years old this year. And this man still looks extremely young and looks very, very similar to the pictures that he's showing you on the screen right now. But that comes from one thing, which I want to connect to, my, to the next topic, yeah. which is being able to use your brain correctly. Because if, if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. And this comes down to neuroplasticity. Drop it. And if we can uh, pull up that image, Jordan, that'd be great. So I can kind of read over some stuff. So there are two factors that, that may contribute to the, perceptive, uh, to the perception of cognitive decline that's occurring faster now than... Uh, prior decades. Are those and, synapses? Is that a synapse? Yeah, the little connective, uh, connective yeah. endings, right? So now besides aging, folks, and I have this so you can kind of get an image of what I'm speaking about, there are two factors that you have control over, and that's your lifestyle and also your diet and nutrition. If we can bring it back to me, uh, Jordan. So when it comes down to lifestyle, the biggest thing that I definitely see a lot during, during this time is uh, sedentary behavior, where now you're sitting at a desk for about 15, 16 hours a day, you're not moving, you're not getting much sunlight, you're not getting much fresh air, and then you start feeling lethargic and you start acknowledging that your energy levels aren't what they used to be. Also, poor diet and high amounts of stress. Unfortunately, we do live in an environment where it feels like we're literally run, uh, racing against time. Mm -hmm. We feel like financially we're not able to provide. It feels like we have a lot of deadlines to meet, even though some people may not have the amount of deadlines that a lot of people do. Uh, so lifestyle plays a major factor in cognitive decline. So one of the things, easy things that I suggest, especially to all my entrepreneurial clients, is being able to increase your movement, learn how to breathe, because unfortunately uh, we were born with one job and that's learn how to breathe, but we don't know how to breathe. It, um, increase your hydration and get excited about life again is one of the biggest I, things. I noticed that, that breathing do. because there was chest breathing and there's- Diaphragmatic breathing. And, and I was chest breathing. You were chest breathing. And then as soon as I learned how to diaphragmatic breathe, I was able to get deeper into the ocean when I was uh, free diving. That's, that's why a lot of people get so uh, addicted to cigarettes or any type of smoking, yeah. because that forces you to take nice deep breaths whenever you're inhaling whatever wow. substance you're inhaling. Wow. So they get attached to that because they bring some peace. Second thing is diet and nutrition. Unfortunately, we've increased, we've increased the consumption of a lot of highly processed foods, high sugar intake, and inadequate uh, nutrients. We can be eating a lot of food, but the quality of, uh, of the food that we're consuming is not what we're supposed to be consuming. One of the diets that I definitely suggest that you should be consuming is the Mediterranean diets. Now, uh, the benefits of forming new connections in your brain. Greek, oh, Greek food, Mediterranean Greek food, yeah, yeah, Greek, Greek, Greek food. food. You're making a face, I, I thought you were gonna say something funny. So <laughs> the benefits of creating new connections in your brain is you, you enhance your learning and your memory, 
you enhance cognitive function. Uh, you're able to emotionally regulate yourself a lot more. So if you have a lot of mood swings, that could also be from the lifestyle that you're currently living. Currently living living, um, it increases resilience. So you're able to, uh, you're, uh, a well-connected brain is easier for it to adapt to the environments that you're, you're currently in and it improves attention and focus. Now, I wanna be able to drop certain practical things because there's one, it's one thing to tell you guys what it is and it's another thing to, got, to actually give you practical things that you can do that's going to create new connections in your brain. So now, here are a couple things that you can do and I'll actually drop them in, on my social media. If not, I'll drop them in the comment section so that, you, that way you, you guys can actually follow it or if I can send you guys a link through the comment section, I will definitely do that. Uh, being able to uh, find motor skill practice. What does that mean? Is one, one of the things that you can actually do that's practical is practice threading a needle with a piece of thread. This requires precise hand-eye coordination that will improve your fine motor skills, aka uh, creating new connections in your brain. Now, sensory exploration and sensory integration activities, right? That means blindfold cooking, which I, I don't suggest for those of you who are very clumsy, and blindfold taste tests. Try different foods blindfolded and guess what they are based off of taste alone and also try uh, smelling the foods and try to figure out what they are based off of that. That'll also create new, new nerve endings. Um, one of the things that I that I start implementing into my own life and a lot of my clients have been doing is uh, using your non-dominant hand for daily activities that will create new connections Interesting. in your brain. Like so br for br brush your brush teeth, your teeth with the opposite, with, wipe with your ass with the other hand. Within, that, that, that's been a failure for a lot of people. I bet you John Mason's got a lot of new synapses in his brain. <laughs> What's up, John? That is true. That is true. <laughs> so th those are a couple of things that you can do to create do, to create new uh, connections in your brain. That's going to help you avoid cognitive decline and also keep your brain functioning the way it's supposed to. Um, but yeah, definitely these activities are something that you can implement into your day-to-day -day activity that will promote neuroplasticity and it should be fun. You shouldn't make it, you shouldn't make it, make this complicated. What you about can, reading a book? Of course, reading a book, dancing, yeah. learning an instrument, yeah. piano. Yeah, for sure. This man plays piano. Yeah. That's, that's why this, this guy looks like he's in his late thirties <laughs> instead of fifties. You know, I was, uh, uh, you know, speaking of neuroplasticity, um, uh, this young man I want to bring up here, um, this clip, some people doubt you in your journey. Some people doubt you in your growth. Some people doubt you and what you have up here in your brain housing group. Mm. But this young man at this age, he's not a young man anymore, but this man at his age and as a teenager, he knew exactly where he wanted to go. Let's take a look at what Tiger Woods had to say when somebody's challenging him or whether or not he was a winner. Let's take a look at this. Come out here, you're, you know what I'm saying, your I first understand. pro tournament, you say, you know, I can win. Oh, I understand that. Um, I've always figured that why go to a tournament if you're not going there to try and win? There's really no point. Um, that's the attitude I've had my entire life, and that's the attitude I will always have. Look how, look how clear his um, eyes are. As I will explain to my dad, second sucks. Look at him, look at him straight in his eye. Um, that's just a feeling on tour. That's this not guy too can't bad even look at him. That's not too bad, but I, I want to win. That's just my nature. Tell him. Boom! You'll learn. Yeah. Oh, man, look at that! He did learn. Yeah. He did learn. He did learn. And so uh and so did the other guy. So apparently the other guy's another golfer that's been on a tour for a while, been in golf for a lot longer than Tiger was, was at that time. So this guy was doubting him. And so notice when Tiger says, Yes, I'm here to win. And the guy turns down his head and says, You'll learn. Doesn't even have the freaking balls to look him straight in his eye and call him out on his bullshit. He knew he was lying. In fact, that look, when a guy looks down like that, in my opinion, that guy's already intimidated. He's already out of his game. Tiger Woods talked him out of his headspace in that interview. And Tiger Woods 
continue to edify and place in his life the future work that he's going to do. Sometimes people say, I'm not going to tell you about it. I'll just let my, my work, uh, my success speak for itself. Well, sometimes you got to put it out there. Mm. Sometimes you got to put it out there for not only for other people to hear, but more importantly, because you said it publicly. Guess what? Now we say things publicly. You got you to gotta come through. Otherwise, you look like an idiot. And from there going forward, if you care about your reputation, you care about your character, you're going to want to come through. And when you do come through, listen, guys, a current visionary today is a present liar. Mm-hmm. Someone trying to prophesy in your life, you may not believe it. Listen, man, this guy, he knew he was clear about where he wanted to go because he's willing to put in the work. What gave him confidence, I would believe what gave Tiger Woods confidence and all these goats confidence is they knew they're just going to outwork, out-strategize, out-improve, and then outlast. If it wasn't for a fire hydrant for Tiger Woods, where would he be today, man? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Running into a fire hydrant. Was it a fire hydrant, by the way? <laughs> you know, you know what's one of the, cu- couple things, couple things that this video taught me really quick. Number one is protect your energy at all costs. Number mm-hmm. two, under- know, and, know and completely understand who's in your circle. And number three, depending, depending on what kind of future you want, create that circle around you so that circle can move forward with you. Yeah. Completely trim the fat out of your life. Yeah. Completely trim the fat out of your life. Because if you keep people around who think like that, because I, I used to have friends like that. Yeah. Milton, you should just stop. Just yeah, stick to your, yeah. just get a job, uh-huh. get a nine to five, uh-huh. get you know, get a four. relative like pension. that. Exactly. To yeah, this day, relative, yeah. To this day, yes. like Milton, like it's not secure. What if everyone uh-huh. completely drops you? Uh-huh. What if you lose everything? What, what, if, what, if, what if? 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 Not guaranteed. The moment that started leaking into my yeah. head, yeah. I started slowing down. Mm-hmm. I started noticing the back, the, yeah. the backpedaling in my in, in what I was yeah. doing. Yeah. And, but the moment that I start completely removed those people out of my life and started yeah. plugging into people that are are believing in yeah. me, people who are invested into my, what I'm doing, and people who are invested into what my vision is, that's when everything that I started doing started taking off completely. See, that's exciting, man. Yeah. That, that's that that's that's what that's what jacks me up, man. When a guy like you can go from nowhere to somewhere, that's that's the benefit of entrepreneurship. Uh, let me take a look look at this um, uh, this clip here because. Talking about a man that wasn't talked off his purpose. You believe. What does that sound like? You yeah. believe. Come on, Deion Sanders. Come, Come on, on Deion. Let's take a look at this clip, man, because we cannot go uh, another week to not mention Deion Sanders' name. We interviewed him a couple years ago at one of you were there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Deion, I tell you this, man, he was uh, he still had his toes. This is before they amputated two of his toes. But he still, remember he, when he took the stage? Yeah. He was limping. Yeah. He was, in, he was in pain and still did his job. Still came out. And uh, I was so proud of just being in association together with him. Obviously, him being, in my opinion, one of the best uh, athletes of all time. You know, you got uh, Deion Sanders and, and Bo Jackson. I did, I did ask him who, the, who, who thought the, the, the better athlete was, but he gave, he gave love to Bo Jackson. But uh, look, if you look at prime time, uh, uh, Neon Dion, he, he had the shades, he had the jewelry, he had the jerry curl, he had all these things going on for himself. But we, I asked him, listen, that guy that was out flamboyant, because when you understand Deion Sanders, you'd be surprised at what he has not done in his life. Let's take a look at this clip. See, I'm a marketer. I market, and I'm pretty darn good at it. You should clap for me right there. Because <laughs> I'm about to tell you a few things that you're not going to believe. I created that persona. I created that character. I'm from Fort Myers, Florida. Anybody in from Fort Myers? Okay, let me tell you something, baby. When we grew up, the drug dealers were the guys. The rappers were the guys. What did they have? The gold chains, the flamboyant look, the flash, the whips. I gave the kids that, allowing them to know you didn't have to do that. So it was all persona and perception and, and, 
and you had to believe what you want to believe. Now, let me tell you the truth of the matter. I stopped using profanity in 1986. No, no, I'm not done with telling you about prime. I'm in the third person now. I've never been high a day of my life. <laughs> College, I'm not done. Florida State. I've never smoked or drink, sip a taste of alcohol, wine, or anything in my entire life. Life. So, Damn. all the stupid and the foolish and the idiotic things out there that I did, I just did that, all right? <laughs> I was not under the influence, but that was really me, all right? <laughs> so, we can, we, can, we can stop right there. So, this, the fact that he sold it, and check this out, guys, when uh, this college coach called him out and says, you know what, when I talk to adults, when I talk to adults, I uh, make sure I take off my hat and take off my glasses. That was a coach from Colorado State. Which, by the way, this past Saturday, it was it was a lot of momentum leading up to that game. That game was amazing, man. Crazy, right? Stayed up to one a.m. watching that game. So, uh, so the crazy part is, if you look at my screen, he gave his glasses to all his players to wear and refused to take off his glasses. He's still a marketer. Four point five million dollars is what he sold of blenders the brand behind Deion Sanders Prime 21 glasses sold up to 72,000 pairs only 67 bucks 72,000 pairs made 4.5 million dollars my point is this whatever bricks that people throw your way instead of taking revenge and re retaliating find ways to take those bricks and build you a damn mansion build you an empire he uses his marketing he got you man Everybody, everybody thinks this, this is uh, Dion, that he's, he's this fake guy. He's, he's been this, he knows how to market, but his character. I mean, you know why a lot of former players don't want to do what he's doing right now? Outside of them not having the energy? Because they're afraid sometimes if I go put, put myself out there, my personal life will show up mm. on social media somewhere. And, and by the way, today, if you are in your, in your teens, shoot, if you're in sixth, seventh, eighth grade, teens, high school, college, just understand, there is going to be a camera everywhere. And you don't want something caught on camera that you're going to regret because people are going to use that. You become a man of stature, become a man of value, become a man of influence, a woman of influence, a woman of value. Somebody's got to try to put something on you. Look what's going on Russell Brand. You see what happened to Rus uh, Russell, Russell Brand? Brand? Russell Brand got demonetized on YouTube because there was a sexual uh, abuse, um, uh, sexual assault allegations against me. Allegations, no charges. Allegations. Allegations, no, no, no arrests allegations and, and, and i think that's something that a lot of men right i mean you've seen it within women but it's mainly men especially the, the younger guys who who are involved in sports or who are trying to get their careers together who are making good money who are going for big big time uh big time money making careers or jobs or, or paths it's be careful who you mess with be careful where you end up be careful with the environment be careful with the people that, that 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 you're around and be careful who you lay with Woo! because at, at some point or another if you know that you're called for something bigger than yourself, mm. and if you know you're going to have status, you're and by have the way, the money, you are, you are you called are. for something bigger than you. Exactly. Life. And the moment that you grab onto that, and now it's not just you, it's not just your family, it's not just your friends that see it, but now it's the mass, mm. the masses that sees it, and now your face is everywhere on social media, on TikTok, on Instagram, mm. on on the media, and you're known as that guy or one of those people. It's unfortunate because I've seen it happen multiple times yeah. where now there's allegations. Yep. He raped me. He did yeah. this to me. He did mm -hmm. that to me. And they're being sued now for something that it's in reality, whether it's true or not. The fact that it's happening to you, because if you were broke, 
If you had nothing going on for yourself, the likelihood of it happening is slim to none. But now that you have status, now they can get something out of you. You're pushing the envelope. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So for the young men out there who are striving for something more than just themselves and have a higher calling, which you guys do, be very, very cautious of who you lay with and w- what you do during these times of your young age because that will come back and bite you in the ass later on. By the way, it's so tempting. If, if I was a teenager today, the temptations of these young girls trying to bait and, I mean, you got TikTok. You got, I think it's, men are very visual. Young boys are very visual. I remember I was very visual as, as a teenager. Every, every boy around in locker rooms, you put you hanging stuff in your locker room. In the military, got you know we, we used Posters. to call it our, used to, in the military we call it our hogboards. Men are very visual, yeah. and these girls are trying to bait bait you into sleeping with them and, and, and to 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 put you in compromising situations, both physically, financially. I mean, how many players have we seen uh, sleep with the wrong person? Next, you know, allegations come out and they lose their scholarship or lose the opportunity to go pro. Be careful, go out to, before you go out there. Make sure you. Surround yourself with the right friends that understand this type of stuff. And Deion Sanders learned that a long time ago. That's why he wasn't getting taken advantage of with drugs or alcohol. And the guy doesn't even cuss. Yeah. He doesn't cuss. He doesn't swear. He says, not instead of BS, he says bull junk. Yeah. Yeah. But that, yeah. that's his thing too, as well. So, hey, guys, every Wednesday we're here, one, uh, 12 to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, Jeff Curley in the house. Good to see you, Jeff. But uh, we're, we're glad to be here at this podcast here at RNCN, where we host the Seven Figure Squad. Podcast. With that being said, from Dallas, Texas, I'm your money smart guy. Make sure you subscribe, hit like, drop your comments below. You agree with us? You don't agree with us? What future topics do you want in the future? Let us know. We're here to have that conversation with you. That being said, until we meet again, continue to live smart, continue to love smart, and be money smart today. See you guys. Bye bye.